Welcome, everyone, to Healing Hope and Restoration. I'm your co-host, Tiffany. And I'm Howard. And Howard, today we are going to talk about how to manage in the midst of a busy schedule. And this topic was actually inspired by a few conversations I've had recently with clients who have had really, really busy life schedules and where there just didn't seem to be any space for anything to give. You know, they couldn't adjust their work schedule because they needed money. They couldn't, um, you know, take a break from whether it be school schedules or other things that were going on in their lives because it was critical that they continue to do those things. In addition to they had to live, so there were things that had to be done in the household um, and just general self-care things that oftentimes kind of fell to the wayside. And they were feeling very overwhelmed. And it had me being very reflective on how do we manage when we have kind of all of these balls we got kind of moving, kind of juggle in the air, and we really cannot afford to let any one of them drop. Well, yes, and I think that... Most of us have been at points in our life when one more thing looks like climbing Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, self-care does not guarantee a slower, easier schedule. Mm -mm. Actually, self-care is more necessary in the busy press of life, perhaps, than when it's not. And I think incorporating or integrating self-care into the repertoire of our entire day, along with everything we do, and we'll be more specific here as we move through the broadcast, I really believe it is is a key thing to wrap our minds around. I would agree. So I just want to give some basic tips that I shared um, and practice. I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert <laughs> in any of these things, but I have found them to be pretty effective when applied. Mm. So one of the first things I encourage clients who are you know, trying to maintain, you know, in the midst of a busy schedule is you have to prioritize. Yeah. There's, there's no way around that. When you have a lot of things on your plate, there are some things in a particular day or a moment that are more important than others. So I talk about my never-ending list of things to do. And the majority of things on that list are not critical for today. I think that's probably one of the hardest things because you can look at everything and say they all have equal importance. (laughs) Or I'd like to check the box on all of them. Um, Yes, really would like to check the box off on all of them. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's gone. Prioritizing... I don't know. One of the things that that my wife and I have thought about, which is a paradigm shift for me, because I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been person centered, but I've also been a doer. And I think what we have learned is that in the order of priority, people first. Mm-hmm. P- always people first. People first. Family first. Mm-hmm. That if I neglect them. Who cares if I get 10 tasks done? Mm. I may be hurting a vital relationship in my ability to get something done. Not because I'm being ridiculous or awful, but because I'm just plain being neglectful. Yeah, when I think about that, um, I feel very convicted in that space because 
much like you, I'm very much so a doer. My love language is, you know, acts of service. And so it's very easy for me to even just do things for people and not necessarily be super connected to them in the midst of that, because I like to accomplish things and check off my boxes. And especially, I talk a great deal about parenting at this point in time, because that's a season that I'm in knee deep mm -hmm. right now. And when I look at, you know, accomplishing things even around my kids, and then I reflect on the day and realize I haven't spent as much time face to face with them as I want to, which I would say is one of my personal values, I end up feeling guilty. I'm guilty and I'm exhausted at the end of the day because I didn't live up to what was a priority for me. Yeah. Priorities can really energize us in the midst of busyness. Um, when we put things in the order of importance, tasks, people, um, finding balance, I think life balance is a huge part of this as, as well. But when I don't prioritize, then everything becomes important and I can't possibly do everything with equal importance. I can't. You cannot. We are um, limited commodities, and so we do need to, um, we do need to consider where we put our energies and what is most important. So I challenge my clients to consider what's absolutely critical for the moment, what needs to be done. And if it doesn't need to be done, then it can stay on the list because quite frankly, it's probably not going anywhere. Exactly. Um, and the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. It's been a popular book for a really long time. Seven habits. Um, there's actually a teen version written by his son. That's I actually like the teen book a little bit better just because of the examples, but the seven habits are the same. Um, and in there, it talks about, you know, how to manage your schedule. And there's this example of taking, you know, the big rocks, what are those things that are immovable that are of like major importance, and then putting your smaller rocks around that and the spaces that you have, and then kind of filling the rest with sand, all of those little things that if they get done, they fill in that extra space. So start with the big things when you're making a list of things to do, and then everything else kind of flows around that. Um, another thing as far as how to manage a busy schedule, and I learned this um, during my master's program, we actually had to take a class about group therapy, and so we were required to be part of a group. And all of us were talking about how overwhelmed we were. There were individuals who, you know, they had families and they were completing a master's program, working full time. That was me at that point in time, um, coaching and, you know, trying to complete a master's program. Don't know why I decided to do all of that at the same time, but I did. And again, one of those things I couldn't afford not to do, which was I couldn't afford not to work. And so um, one of my peers um, said, why don't you just try being where you are? And I wasn't really familiar with the term mindfulness at that point in time, mm -hmm. but just be where you are. Because I was trying to do work for one area of my life while I was attending another area. So if I was in class and I had a few moments, I was trying to grade a few papers. Or while I was you know, at school where I taught then, I was trying to squeeze in a little extra reading for my class that evening. And sometimes, I'm not saying they have to stick to like strictly like you can't read while you're at work. Um, it wasn't that legalistic, but I needed space to just concentrate on the things that were in front of me because things were blending together um, way too much. And I was becoming overwhelmed by all I had to do. Well, I think that's a very good point. Um, 
anybody in our listening audience has ever done an advanced educational program knows how intense that can be. Mm -hmm. And typically you've got to balance that with normal life. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a full-time lead pastor while I was doing it Mm -hmm. and um, working for a few funeral homes in the area, doing funerals for people who didn't have churches or pastors. Um, And then trying to do an internship and complete studies. I mean, I, I look back on that and I think one small thing, this is going to sound so trivial. You probably say, Howard, that's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> why did you even get a degree? But quite frankly, for me at the beginning of each class, they hand the syllabus out. Mm-hmm. What I was in the habit of doing that I had to change is that I would sit there and read through it as soon as I got it. And I would be so overwhelmed, I would think there is no way I'm ever going to get all this done. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I'm done before I even start. I am toasted. I am roasted. I'm not going to get it done. And I learned not to do that. I learned to look at the first date that the instructor identified, put it in my valise, and that at a later point at home when I could suck air, sit down with a calendar and put in the projects that were due. Mm -hmm. I found just that little shift caused me to feel a lot less stress and felt a lot more confident about getting things done. Isn't that strange? Just that little thing. I don't think it's strange. My mom actually taught me that. She has a pretty busy life. And even in retirement, I don't think she knows what retirement is. Um, you know, biblically, I guess it really doesn't exist. I know so. her and I agree with that. <laughs> so she keeps it moving. And some days I will ask her, she works at the church I grew up in and it's nonstop. She said, um, I have this to do today, so I'm unable to do, you know, this. And I said, well, what do you have to do today? And she's like, well, a lot. And um, I'm not going to go down the list. She's like, because I will be tired before I start. So <laughs> exactly. I get that. So next I'm going to do this. And that's how that's going to go. And, and honestly, whatever doesn't get done by the end of the day, again, is probably still going to be sitting there looking at me the next day. So we're going to take it one step at a time. So she taught me, you know, if you look at the mountain, you're probably going to be tired before you start. So oh, you yeah. need to look at what's kind of directly in front of you and, you get to the point where you look up and you're like, okay, we made it to the top. Actually, yes, uh, Tiffany, that's a, that's a paradox. By staying in the moment, I can accomplish the future. Mm-hmm. And again, it sounds like a complete opposite, like a you know full-blown paradox, and perhaps it is. But if I don't stay in the moment, then I won't get to the top of the mountain. No, you'll count yourself out before you get there. Exactly. That is huge. Um, so another thing that I encourage people to do if you're trying to maintain a really busy schedule is do not skimp on sleep. Oh, yes. There are things that are critical to our existence. Okay. We need food, right? We need nourishment. We need, um, some sort of movement exercise. We need to keep moving. We also need, um, you know, sleep. So too often sleep goes out the window trying to squeeze those extra moments in to our busy schedule. Like, okay, so I'm going to stay up a little bit later to accomplish this, or I'm going to get up a little earlier. Um, And I always encourage people not to burn the candle at both ends. If you can afford to sleep in, then you can afford to stay up a little bit later. 
Um, if you um, have to be up early, you can't afford to stay up a little bit later. You need to hit those sleep targets, which could be different for everyone depending on mm -hmm. your body. Um, so, you know, seven hours, seven, eight hours is probably a good target for most adults. And people are like, I don't need that much sleep. I feel groggy if I get it. Whatever it is for you, you need to be aware and don't skip on skimp on sleep. That's one thing you can't afford to lose. Daniel Amen, a psychiatrist and prolific researcher, cited a longitudinal uh, study um, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. It started in 1900. They looked at documents from 1900 and discovered the average American was sleeping about nine and a half hours in 1900. Hmm. In 1980, it had moved down to just under eight hours. By the year 2000, it was six hours. Oh, that sounds painful. And, you know, certainly a lot of that is due to the fact that in 1900, most people didn't have any form of electricity. <laughs> uh, you know, there weren't any cars running around, places to go. Uh, when it was dark, you were home. Mm -hmm. um, and our country was more rural. And so there was a lot of hard work. Uh, going on outside all day and you wanted to go to sleep by you, the end of the day absolutely but as you get into the 80s you know uh, technology started to explode and then by 2000 um, and even since then uh, technology is just seems to know no limits and the technology keeps us moving at a fast pace our brains our lives uh, our relationships um uh, NASCAR speed, okay? <laughs> and so if you don't pay attention to that part of yourself, that will just cascade into diet and how you digest food, mm -hmm. how you tackle problems. Your ability to remember things oh, that you learned exactly. the day before. I mean, all of that's going to be affected. And each of us has to kind of clue into our circadian rhythm so that we know what that is. Now, for me, it's just under seven hours, and I feel really good. Longer than that, and I don't feel good. Shorter than that, and I'm tired the next day. So trying to find that rhythm, mm -hmm. I notice I digest food better in that rhythm. Uh, I'm more confident in that rhythm. I have a lot more resilience when I'm in that rhythm. And if you stay in that rhythm long enough, if you have a day or two that is something happens beyond your control and it upsets that, you still have that to anchor into because that's been your habit. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the habit of taking care of yourself with sleep just has such an impact on every other part of your life. It does. It absolutely does. Going along with, you know, sleep, I encourage folks who are trying to maintain in the midst of a busy schedule to not rush into your day. Mm -hmm. um, there are some that are trying to get as much of that, you know, sleep time as possible because they more than likely have been up late trying to accomplish things. And so they sleep to the very last minute, partially because they're dreading the next day and all that it's going to bring. And so they roll out of bed and they rush into their day and the rest of the day is set by that tone. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And so what I found to be very effective is to get up, even if it's just an extra half an hour earlier, give yourself breathing room, solid like 30 minutes where you could just, okay, 
Mm-hmm. You can plan a little bit during that time. I strongly encourage folks as a self-care item to, you know, make that a quiet time, maybe a meditative time where you just kind of center yourself. And for the believer, that is a great time to seek the Lord about your day. Because part of us feeling overwhelmed, I think, as believers is also putting our hands to things that the Lord never called us to do in the first place. And forgetting to factor him in over the course of our day. I have never regretted getting up a little bit early, spending time with the Lord, and asking him to provide me with his super upon my natural to enable me to move through the day with an ease that I wouldn't have if I didn't seek him from the very beginning. So I think it's very, very important to not rush in to your day. So take a little extra time that you have um, and really set the pace and the tone. About uh, 21 years ago, um, I got that message. And four days a week, I get up between 4.30 and 5. And the other three days, maybe 6, 6.30. Um, Even if I could sleep longer on those days where I get up later, I don't because that morning moment of quietness that meditation time is so vital to my well-being the rest of that day that whatever comes at me i am better equipped to handle because i've taken that time that is so true i give the example of an orange juice commercial that showed it probably been maybe a couple of years now, and it's the person sitting at a table and around their kitchen table, they have a glass of orange juice in their hand, around the table are all the people they're going to encounter over the course of the day. And there's like an incident of a mom who, there was a police officer sitting at her table and says, okay, at um, you know 8.35, I'm gonna pull you over because you didn't completely stop at a stop sign. She's like, okay. Then there was the principal at her child's school sitting at the table and said, you know what, at uh, 2.35, I'm going to call you because your child is going to be suspended for pulling a prank at school. And that may not exactly be what was in the commercial, but that's the gist of it. And the the mom responded, all right, glad I got my orange juice. (laughs) They were sitting there for a moment, kind of taking in all these things that, (laughs) that were going to come over the course of the day. And it was just like, start your day off right with something <laughs> that's uh, going to nourish you and leave you feeling good. Cause there's a lot that that's you're going the to message. encounter. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You know, we don't know what a day is going to throw at us. And <laughs> so because we don't, um, you know, having that time is vital. Yeah. Um, I've done it long enough where sometimes for me, it goes into, uh, 35, 45 minutes. And uh, there's no time limit, but for me, um, I realize that there's a deadline at some point because I have to be somewhere. But taking that time on the front end of the day rather than the back end of the day mm-hmm. gives me the energy I need for that day. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't do it on the beginning of the day, at the back end of the day, I'm not going to feel like I want to do that. I was thinking that same thing. And that rolls right into the last point. And that is that self-care has to be so integrated into your life that it becomes a regular practice, not something that you take a break from life to do. 
you know, to recharge from life. Now, granted, there are times to take breaks, vacations, you know, spa days, you know, those are wonderful things to do. But because they're not a regular part of our day, especially if we're busy, you know, we need to find ways to practice self-care. Um, I was speaking to a client recently, again, which has inspired this podcast, and they commented that, you know, they believe that when they took time to take care of themselves, that they were taking away from other things that they needed to do. And so they found that they weren't accomplishing the tasks that were at hand. So they didn't, they didn't know how to balance that. And so finding ways to take care of yourself throughout the day can be small things. We talked about don't skip one sleep. That is how you take care of yourself. Getting up a little bit earlier, taking that quiet meditative time. That is how you take care of yourself. I also encouraged um, some of my clients to take your transit times and let those be down times as opposed to times you're trying to accomplish a great deal. A lot of times you have like 10 to 15 minutes in between things on a busy day where you could breathe. Go take a walk outside, stand in the sun, look up. Don't like look up at the sun, but, you know, close your eyes and, yes. you know, get some vitamin D, whatever it takes that you need. Take those moments here. You know what you've done in the past. I've done it too. made the practice of just walking. So we have carved out 15 minutes oh, yeah. or even like part of a lunch break. Like, yep. well, let's go. Let's go walk. Don't use your lunch break to do work. Eat like mindfully eat, nourish yourself, catch up with someone that maybe you've been missing time with. So finding ways to take care of yourself that are so integrated into your life that it just becomes a seamless part of it will help you sustain in the midst of a busy schedule. Yeah, that's, that's vital. Um, not doing that, as you said, probably causes more things to unravel. Um, that integrated approach helps me to catch moments instead of listening to music, unless it's therapeutic mm -hmm. in some way, instead of talking on the phone or getting enamored in my iPhone or droid, just being silent. When I leave here every day, I don't listen to music. I drive home in silence. Generally, I call my wife and talk to her for a few minutes, but I'm not, I'm not getting distracted in a mindless way. I'm helping my mind to get myself where I need to be, mm -hmm. which is home. And I think um, just those moments that you can catch anywhere, mm -hmm. like, you know, like you said, uh, taking a walk around the building. Um, just taking a few moments and taking some deep breaths and reorganizing your thoughts. Um, just trying to eliminate the busyness of noise when we can, can be so vital. It can be like a, you know, shot of adrenaline to get, keep us going, get us motivated again. Absolutely. And for those of you who are thinking, I just can't afford to, you do not understand what my day is like to you. I would say, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I completely understand and have said that in the past, but to you, I would say you can't afford not to, because in the midst of a busy schedule, most of our paces probably are not sustainable and we are on our way to burnout, which we addressed in a previous podcast. Yeah. And none of us want that. We do not. 
So folks, these are just some basic tips, um, all of which you've probably heard before. But if we help serve as a gentle reminder to do these things, then please take heed because it's probably really a, a timely word. Because if you're in the midst of a busy schedule, you're juggling a lot and you really can't afford for anything to fall, you have to create margin and really carve out those times that are there. You're just going to have to use them more effectively by kind of seamlessly integrating some aspects of self-care. Absolutely. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening today. And as we always sign off, God bless and shalom. The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.